It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Who are we talking about? I don't know. I wasn't in that meeting, but I'm just assuming. Are all Toronto Blue Jays fans losers? You know what I'm going to become? A really, really obnoxious Bills fan. I got so passionate in that argument that I hit the mic with my hat. I cried like a little girl. <laughs> what is wrong with people? No, I'm saying I could have done what Speed does because I do that every time I golf. You're such a moron. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you because you're really creepy. Oh, uh, more bacon. Everything is better with more bacon. Tom Brady wears Uggs. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Beyond the Game program. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can call Town & Country at 585-426-5024. One more time, that's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. I'm Rick Benson, and joining me are those guys, Zach Barletta, Darren Metzger. The website is btgprogram.com, and the social media handle is at btgprogram. The studio line is 585-431-1202. That's 585-431-1202. Guys, it was announced this week Tim Tebow wants to see if he can make it in Major League Baseball. The first thing that jumps out to me is why. <laughs> why? By the way, why does it seem that athletes think baseball is so easy? Hitting a baseball off a major league pitcher is extremely difficult. Maybe you remember how awkward Michael Jordan looked trying to do it. Oh, One bad. of the best athletes in the oh, world. Terrible. Of course, you know, and if he had that unusual build for a baseball player, that tall, lanky, it made his swings even more awkward looking. But he looked terrible trying to hit that, and he was a pretty good player. But here's a bit of a trap that Tebow sets for himself. Everybody knows of a strong character and faith. Athletes say things all the time, and sometimes you sort of raise an eyebrow at it, and you think to yourself, well, you know, maybe, but maybe not. But as a person who holds to Christian values, when you hear Tim Tebow say something, you're more prepared to take him at face value. But when Tebow said this has been a dream of his for many years, I want to believe him. But, man, something inside me is having a real difficult time doing that. And as I've listened to talk show hosts this week respond to this story, they don't believe him at all. They're not even giving him the benefit of the doubt. So the trap is this. Is Tebow being truthful? Nobody seems to be buying the dream explanation for why he wants to chase a career in baseball. So he comes off as a liar. He says something which is not true. That reflects on his testimony for Christ, even if he is telling the truth, even if he is. And I do give him the benefit of the doubt. I, you know, I will go back and forth, but I give him the benefit of the doubt. But he just set himself up to be ripped in the media where most people, myself included, do question the authenticity of the statement. Perhaps he fell into the common practice of just either playing semantics or maybe not saying what he really means, which, by the way, would be unbiblical. But, you know, say what you mean and mean what you say. But we do it all the time. 
How are you? Oh, I, I'm good. Yeah, that's our answer all the time. I'm good. What about you get that 3 a.m. call? Did I wake you? Oh, no, I was up. Nobody ever says, oh, yeah, I was asleep. <laughs> no, I was up. What about, oh, I love your outfit? Nobody <laughs> ever tells the truth there. Tebow says playing baseball has always been a dream. Come on, man, if that's the case, why weren't you playing previously? I'm a Tim Tebow fan, yet, look, I maintain he doesn't have the necessary skill set to play quarterback in the NFL. He might be able to play another position, but he doesn't seem to want to. He could play in Canada. For crying out loud, it's Canada. He should be able to start <laughs> there. But baseball, not a chance. Gary Sheffield says that he had his doubts, too, about Tebow until he saw his swing. And once he saw him swing, he said, you know, I can work with that. Sheffield says Tebow could be made ready for the bigs in maybe 18 months. You mean to tell me he's going to schlep in the minor leagues for two seasons? Not a chance. No way. And for that matter, again, we're right back to where I start. Why? Why would you want to do that when you got a pretty decent broadcasting career? Chad Moeller, like Sheffield, another former big leaguer, he's working with Tebow as a trainer. Moeller says Tebow is aware of the hardships of coming up through the minors and says Tebow hopes to prove to an MLB team that he can do it. He wants an MLB team to give him a shot as to minimize the time in the minors because he knows it's just going to be a sideshow, a ticket-selling sideshow. And there's no way he walks on with a major league club, and there's no way that this is anything more than the sideshow that they would prefer to avoid. So, again, why? Why give the people this ammunition to laugh at you? This stunt, as it's being labeled by many, just serves to make a mockery of the athlete that you are. If you don't want to switch positions in the NFL or do you don't want to play anywhere other than the NFL, then good for you for holding to your convictions. But, you know, with that decision comes the, cons the consequences and that you don't have a job. You know, if, th if that's the only thing you want to do is play quarterback in the NFL, look, nobody thinks you're an NFL quarterback. But to switch beer gears and go to baseball, it's just sad, it's laughable, and people will most definitely take you less seriously. Mm -hmm. That's going to hurt your image as a broadcaster because people are going to see you as some sort of nut who couldn't make it in baseball. Fair or not, doesn't matter. That's how they're going to see you. Tim Tebow will not be a Major League Baseball player. As Pop Fisher says in the movie The Natural, people don't start playing ball at your age. They retire. Sure, there'll be somebody, won't you think? Somebody's going to give them a chance in their minor league system because it'll sell tickets. Exactly. It'll be, you know, that's all it'll be. Some attempt to sell tickets and garner attention. Alex Rodriguez played his last game for the New York Yankees last night. Because our show is pre-recorded, the game has not yet taken place, and so I don't know if there's some piece of Yankees magic which enabled A-Rod one final moment of glory, maybe a multi-hit game, a majestic home run, maybe even two. But I doubt it. <laughs> the unfortunate reality is that after what appeared to be a bounce-back season last year, there just isn't anything left in the tank for Alex Rodriguez. I know what some of you are thinking. He may very well sign with another team and say the heck with the Yankees' special advisory role. He may actually get the 700 home runs, which he seems to so desperately want to do. But I doubt that, too. <laughs> Though I would like to see that happen, because I think Alex is getting the screws put to him. The Yankees are going nowhere, so why not put him in the lineup on his way out the door? 
And you can counter and tell me that the Yankees are only half a dozen or so games out of the wild card. They still have a chance. And that's exactly what they want you to believe. If you do, then you're going to sympathize with them in their decision to continue to put Alex on the bench. After all, we're trying to win games here. But they have three or four teams in front of them with a month and a half left in the season. You have to leapfrog all those teams just to be the road team in a one-game wild card winner-take-all. And all those teams that they need to pass, they're better than the Yankees are. The fact of the matter is, if the Yankees have a chance, it's only a mathematical matter. At practicality, they're not going to be in the postseason. As they play out the string here, the games don't matter. And this will be proven the minute A-Rod is not in the lineup, the minute A-Rod is not on, on the roster, because they're going to bring up their young talent, and they're going to have them playing then, and that's when they'll raise the white flag. The minute A-Rod is gone, until he's cut, the Yankees have one goal, and that's to make sure he doesn't get the necessary at-bats, the necessary home runs to kick in any sort of bonus payment if he hits the necessary home runs. For the Yankees' perspective, they've paid him all they're going to pay him. They'll pay him what he's due, but they're not paying him any more. But Alex can't be making this any easier. I mean, when you're hitting somewhere around 200. He's bad. Yeah, less than 30 RBIs. You barely got into double digits and home runs. You make it very easy for them to put you on the bench. Mm-hmm. Why does Mark Teixeira, who has very similar numbers, why is he getting a chance to retire on his own terms without being cut and also being in the lineup? It's because he can play the field. The Yankees tried the exp- first base experiment with A-Rod during the spring. Didn't work out. Reports are they tried it again during the All-Star break. Uh, he's not. So not he can't do it. Nope. If you ask me, both sides deserve each other. The Yankees wanted A-Rod not only to win a championship, but also to break the home run record in pinstripes. They saw the revenue possibilities and merchandising and ticket sales. They just, they had to have him. And then they panicked when he opted out, and they gave him even more ridiculous money than what he was getting as part of the original contract. What they got was one championship and a steroid scandal. But A-Rod's always been that one to say the awkward things. You know, to do those goofy things, to just somehow always put his foot in his mouth. Mm-hmm. But when you flat out lie to the public, you can't be upset when they don't like you anymore. But on the other side, he did serve his time. He served his penalty. And in my mind, he's been a model citizen ever since. Heck, I even thought he handled it this week rather tactfully when he expected to play in the games leading up to his departure yet was told, no, you're only going to play on Thursday and Friday. You know, it sounds like he handled it well. He didn't throw anybody under the bus. He said he expressed his disappointment, but he didn't say anything really more than that. You don't have to embrace the guy, but he served his time, right? You can't continue to beat him up. And the New York tabloids, you know, those newspapers are just shameful with, with their headlines. Oh, they're crushing him. Yeah. You know, if you don't like them, if, you, if these steroid guys, if you think all those home runs were due to steroids, you're crazy. They weren't all because of steroids. At some point, you haters got to come to the grips with the fact that for each one of these steroid guys, baseball recognizes all those numbers. Mm-hmm. Barry Bonds, baseball recognizes all his home runs and acknowledges him as their home run king. You may not like that, but what can you do about it? 
The Yankees may be secretly hoping someone else picks them up. Of course, if they do, it won't be because they believe they can help their ball club. Nobody picks up a 200 hitter for that reason. If they pick them up, it's to sell tickets and to and to watch them chase 700. The Yankees should have let them play. We know there was some sort of handshake, some sort of agreement to get out of this mess of paying a guy $20 million to play as poorly as A-Rod has. Both sides needed a way out, and Zach, in a text you sent to me, this was a best-case scenario for everyone. Let the guy play. Put him in the lineup and let him play his last few games. Guys, I'd not, I'm going to turn it over to you. Where am I wrong in these things? We talked about Tim Tebow. I talked about Alex Rodriguez. What do I have wrong? What am I missing? I didn't think you were really wrong on anything. I agreed with you with the Tebow thing. Um, it is just I, – I, I think he is just missing competition. You, it boils down to that. He just wants the competition again. He misses the competition. I understand, but don't try and lie to me and tell me that it's always been your dream. You haven't played baseball since you were a junior in high school. It's not your dream. Football was your dream. You're just a really bad quarterback, so you're trying to find something else to do. You know, I know he's a strong man of faith. I, I don't believe the guy would be lying to me, so I stopped short of saying that. But, man, you're right. It's just so hard to believe. Mm-hmm. I agreed with you on one point, and I disagreed with you on one point. The one I agreed with you on is Tim Tebow. He's never going to sniff the major leagues. He may not sniff AAA. He's got a great swing. I've seen the video of it. It's a nice swing. But he's hitting batting practice fastballs. He's not seeing curveballs. He's not seeing splitters. He's not having to guess what's coming. It's not in a game situation. I'm sure all of us have nice swings, quote-unquote, against batting practice no, fastballs. I've, I've no. seen you swing at a softball. It's not a good swing. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. So maybe maybe two of us do. But but there's no there's just no comparison between that and a game situation. And also, like you said, in 18 months... 18 months in the minors. In 18 months, he's going to be 31 years old and on the downside of his physical peak. So there's really no point for him. If he can't hit the majors right now, which he can't, why would he put that time in the minors? You're spot on with that. Where I disagree with you, I don't think the Yankees were worried about A-Rod hitting his home run bonuses. I don't think they were worried about having to give him extra money because... Frankly, this version of A-Rod that we're seeing isn't capable of hitting those home runs. I just don't think he could do it. And I think the Yankees know that. I just think that they want to... That makes it even worse. Yeah. Because then they're just not putting it in the lineup out of spite. Well, I think they just Are you surprised by that? He... No, I'm not surprised. I'm just saying that's that's awful. They finally have a chance to stick it to him like he's done to them time and time again. I'm not surprised they're taking it, and I don't blame them well, I don't for know taking their shot. I don't, I don't know so that much... he stuck it to them. He lied. I get it. The whole steroid Didn't thing. Did he sue he... them? Yeah. Again, that's tied <laughs> to the steroid thing. Yeah. Outside of that, he's done what they wanted him to do. Yeah, the guy's a bit of a goofball on the field. You know, the way he hit, knocking yeah. the ball out of people's gloves. I get all that. But yeah, well, I got it or something. He's a doofus. <laughs> but I don't he put up some person. very impressive numbers oh, yeah. in pinstripes. This yeah. guy has really performed well. You can go back and look at the numbers. He hit as good. Yeah, for, I, for the way got, he acted, though, and the things he's done. Now, I can say lately he's acted much, much better and a lot more mature. It took him to 40 to finally be mature. But for the things he did, I'm not – if the Yankees were taking a shot at him here and letting him go out as ugly as possible, I don't blame well, them at all. I'm not definitely, surprised. I mean, it was a pretty awkward exit. The whole thing coming down yeah. to these to the last game last night was just 
it was a horrible way to go out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if the Yankees did it in a spite, that's a terrible way to do it. Although I'm, I'm not surprised. We got a lot more coming up for you today on the program. I do hope you'll stick around, spend the hour with us. The On the Game program is brought to you by Town and Country. That's Solution. Title sponsor Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, and they have been for the two-plus years the show's been on the air. But that is nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of renting your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests. And I'm not just here reading a commercial script for them. I am a happy and satisfied customer. They have taken care of a mouse, bee, ant, and even fly problem for me. Yes, my house is old and falling apart, and I get all sorts of critters, but unlike swimmers not named Michael Phelps, they have an answer to beat their competition and rid your home of pest problems. They are a gold medal caliber company. Was that lame? Yes, I admit it. And I kind of hate myself for saying it, but I don't hate myself for calling Town & Country Pest Solutions. They really are the best, and they guarantee their work. Did I mention they're the best? So save yourself more of a headache and money and call them first. Don't waste your time on other companies. Town & Country will do it right the first time every time. So give them a call today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time because someone decided that 3 is the magic number, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Is here. Ram Sports Network. Christian Sports Television. That's right. Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian Sports TV channel with programming from Pee Wee to the Pros. Games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, Western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at RamSportsNetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network. More, More than a game. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com, at btgprogram. A couple of things happened this week that really stood out to me. First off, in the Olympics, you had Lily King beating the Russian. Yeah. Which, of course, we always like that. As Americans, we love it, especially when it's a Russian, you know? Go back to the Rocky movies, go to any of those things. We, we like that. But in this instance... I'm not sure how I felt about it. The whole finger-wagging thing, we're number one. We're, and it was the press conference afterwards that bothered me, when they wouldn't even look at that girl. And I get it, all right? They, she's a, has been suspended for doping many of the Russians. Very dirty Olympic weren't program, Russians, allegedly. Weren't they banned from the Paralympics, too? Like, completely banned from they, the Paralympics. You know, ever since Sochi... They well, even before that, but they were maybe they probably shouldn't have even been involved in these Olympics. Mm-hmm. But I guess my problem was, how do you know she's still doing that? Maybe it's an A Rod situation where she had doped, made a mistake. Maybe she was pressured into doing it. I'm going back now, you know. Of course, the time period that I grew up, Russia was the the Cold War enemy, and you know, still always, are the enemy. Well, if she'd been caught once and only once, I might feel differently. But two times, but it's is hard it for me her to decision bad. or is it somebody above her making – in a you communist country, I never know. Here, you need to do this. They're, whether they're force-feeding, who knows what happens. My point is, when I saw her break down, I really felt for her. 
It wasn't that was even hard lo- to watch. A that, bit. It was hard to watch. And you were a cheater, and maybe you still are a cheater. I have no idea. Maybe you don't even deserve that. It's not even the point. But the treatment, I thought, was a little rough. And they, and they wouldn't even look at it. And to see her broken down like that, and it just kind of, I don't know, my heart went out to her, and I, and I kind of felt bad. And that wasn't really the point I wanted to make about cheating, but I wanted to get into a uh, a little discussion on cheating. Something happened last week with Mark Teixeira. Many of you, are, you know, you saw it against the Mets. The Mets just melted down and haven't recovered since. You know, it's thinking that watch. he was stealing signs. Well, the other night in the Yankees Red Sox game, Rick Porcello gets upset with Chase Headley. Chase Headley. Has he ever done anybody? <laughs> the most Wait. vanilla guy, in, probably in baseball. Exactly. You're accusing him of looking back at the catcher and and stealing the pitch location, which this is not against the rules in baseball. It's against the unwritten rules. I get it. You don't do that. In fact, Ken Singleton was saying in the game, the only time you really want to do that is when there's a pickoff at first while everybody else's attention there. You take a quick glance back and see where the catcher was lined up. But Chase Headley, looking back for a pitch location, why is that Why is that even a no-no, first of all? I can look out and see if the switch is on. I can look out and see where people are on, where they're lining up defensively. So why is it even such a bad thing? I get it that it is. I understand that. So what I wanted to say to you guys, and I don't think he was, and I'm not even, I don't think Texera was stealing signs, and maybe that's the Yankee homer in me. I don't know. But it sure didn't seem like it based on the reaction of both guys. Or both of their performances all year long. Or, well, yeah, if they were stealing, you're right. If they were <laughs> taking signs, they should have be been. a little better. Yeah, you would think. Is that cheating or is that gaining an edge? How do you guys view that? I think it's, oh, man, I think it's cheating. I Maybe because I've been con- we've been conditioned all our lives that, well, you just don't do that. But you it's know, not against the rules. It's not against the rules. But I look at it. I'm okay with if it's just a player sneaking a peek back. That's gamesmanship. Yeah. If you are in a scenario that we've heard about where teams have cameras in the outfield to Blue steal, yeah, that's a whole nother level. That's, that's a whole nother level. Garbage. Yeah. I'm saying it's, you got a guy on second base and he happens to be looking in at the catcher. Then well, he's smarter uh, than you are, and that's okay. Do a better job of hiding your signs. What do you want him to do? Turn yeah. around and face the outfield. It's like when you're playing cards with somebody and they're holding their cards low so you can see them. Oh, I look all the time. You, know? you better hide your cards when you're playing if, with me. If they're going to leave it where you can see it, then you can see it. Yeah. But you, you say know? something, right? You say, hey, Darren, lift your no. cards up. I can no, see them. not at all. Really? I'm trying to win. It's games and shit, man. If you're dumb enough to let me see your cards, then I'm going to beat you. And if you're dumb enough to let me pick up on your signs, then you deserve to have them stolen. For those of you listening to the program who play cards with Darren or Zach, this is good information for you. <laughs> Hide right your now. cards from me. No, it's gamesmanship, man. Steal all the signs you want. Now, if you get caught and you wear one in the middle of your back, don't be mad about that. But I have no problem with it. Why do you think catchers and pitchers will walk out and go over the signs? You know, okay, it's the third. It's the third sign here. It's the fourth one here. Okay, I'm not even going to give you signs. Just go fastball and fastball away, slider away for the next three pitches. I'll see you in three pitches. Why do you think they do that stuff? Well, right. Baseball gives no – there's no requirement, there's no restriction on how much a catcher can go out there. So if you think they're stealing your signs, 
go out to the mound. Yeah. Change your signs. Mm-hmm. Get better. Uh, it's it, Same thing with just taking a peek behind you to see where the catcher's lined up. Most of the time in this era, don't you know where they're going to be throwing you anyway? Mm-hmm. I mean, Advanced it, scouting, more than you could ever need. You know, I just thinking about cheating. I saw an interesting statistic. A recent on-campus survey revealed that 80% of those polled say they've cheated in school. 80%. The other 20% are lying. Well, some of those said they cheated seldom, some they cheated only once. I don't know where the difference is. 80% say they've cheated in school. Only 6% say they've never cheated at all. 6% of college-age people say they've never cheated. I don't know if that was done by a Christian organization or if that is just... But to me, that that's such a low number of people that say they've never never cheated. In school, this is. I'm not talking about in games or on a ball field or anything like that. 6%. That says something about our society. That says something about... It's not surprising. It is to me that it's only, that only 6% would say, if it was 40% say they never have or 60% said they did, but 6% said they've never cheated, that's a very low number. And Human here's the thing. sinners, right? Well, I get that. It's, gonna, it's not surprising me at all. We're making a case here for the ball field, and this is how I'm tying it together. You guys are saying that, well, no, it's, it's just gamesmanship. It's not really cheating. While others, you see it on a, on a major league diamond. You see the games. They freak out. They got all okay. up on Mark Tixera. They were, they were yelling at Chase Headley. Chase Headley, again, like Zach said, the most vanilla guy in all of baseball. You're yelling at this guy because you think he was cheating? The funny thing is that Teixeira is probably the second most vanilla guy in all of baseball. Right. So if we're all excited about that, that they were stealing the location or they were stealing the signs, yet 6% of college students say only 6% say they've never cheated. So, yeah, I am a little surprised. That's my point. Cheating, Cheating is stealing. It's not yours. You didn't earn it. It's pretty clear in God's word, Exodus 20, 15, you shall not steal. It's pretty hard to look for gray areas there. It's straightforward. And here's the here's the the answer that so many people give in this survey. They said it's so common. Everybody does it. Ephesians four twenty five says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. We should be honest with one another. We should be truthful with one another. We shouldn't be trying to cheat one another. As Christians, we're supposed to give God our our very best, our best work. God doesn't want polluted sacrifices. He wants us to be a living sacrifice. Romans 12.1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You know, that's a form of worship when we when we present our bodies just as, as a sacrifice to God. God, I'm yours. Uh, in the two years plus that we've been doing this show, every time we say a prayer before the start of the show, and we all have the same sentiment: Lord, just use us however you want. We're just we're. That's why we do this, not for 
you know, the fame and the fortune that we're all enjoying. <laughs> we're doing it just as a ministry, you know, to have an opportunity to talk some sports and it's a good time, but to bring some spiritual applications in. And when we asking, we're asking God to use us as, as, as that type of living sacrifice. God doesn't want that polluted. He doesn't want it by somebody who's full of sin. That's why when we come to him, we need to be clean. We need to be prayed up. We need to have confessed our sins. When someone cheats, even if they don't get caught, they end up with something they didn't earn. But that affects the people around them. People get very angry. People get a little annoyed when you're looking at their cards. You know, they might be tempted to cheat, too, just to keep up with you. Well, now you've started this string of people that are cheating. They might be put in a position where they feel they have to tell someone, hey, Zach, uh, man, now i, I got to tell you, don't play cards with Darren. He's going to look at your cards, man. Hide them better. Yeah. It's an uncomfortable position for me to be in to have to now because Darren cheats. I go to a friend and have to, you know, tell them that, hey, man, Darren cheats. And I, I'm not saying Darren cheats, but cheating affects your relationships. If you're caught cheating and there's a broken trust there, not only between you and God, but between you and anyone who knows you. But even if you don't, if, if you don't get caught, you've still violated that trust. You know, between friends, between a husband and a wife, between whomever. By cheating, you're on your way to establishing a pattern of dishonesty. If you get away with it once, you're looking to do it again. You're looking to do it again and again and again. And it could grow into even more because you're going to then lie to defend yourself. Maybe that grows too. Dishonesty tears apart relationships. Cheating is just just a symptom of an inner sinful condition that we all have. And hey, anyway, just watching this game the other night just got me thinking about it. And, uh, you know, if you're a believer and you're looking at somebody else's cards, Darren, <laughs> it's not a good witness. If others are a Christian and they see you cheating, what does that tell them? You know, I, it, trying to win. Huh? I'll do anything to win. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe it says, maybe it says you're, you're focused. You're a gamer, you know. <laughs> but anyway, it just got me thinking about it. And I'm thinking about that poor Russian girl. And like I said, I really felt bad for her. But maybe she is cheating. Maybe she's still cheating. But to see her reaction in that situation, paying for past, you know, offenses, I really felt bad for her. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got shenanigans and the rest of the show to do. We've got rant coming up. We've got our pests of the week. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Your aura brims with confidence. The Name Your Price tool has given you policy options based on your budget. A source of great power rises from within, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex that can shoot dragons out of its eyes, riding on a tank. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Zach, this is your time to shine, baby. 
What do you got for us in shenanigans? In the last year, the San Diego Padres traded away two pitchers who reportedly had had treatment for arm injuries, but didn't disclose the injuries to the team they were trading with. Drew Pomerantz has been healthy with the Red Sox, but Colin Ray got hurt after only three innings with the Marlins and was sent back to San Diego. Truth or shenanigans, the Padres should be punished by the league for withholding information. Shenanigans. One, you got to prove that, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be a tall task. But the reason I don't think the league should get involved is because I think the teams will police themselves. Mm-hmm. If the San Diego Padres continue to do that, they're not going to have anybody who wants to do business with them. Mm-hmm. So I think the problem would take care of itself without the league having to get involved. In fact, maybe more so than if the league had gotten involved. I actually say truth if it can be proved that the Padres were up to no good. And also, if this does turn out to be true, it explains so much to me why they were trading these guys. Because I'm looking at these trades like, what are you doing? But if these guys got legitimate arm issues, yeah, trade them away, get some prospects for it. Smart until you get caught. I I call shenanigans as well. Benson, I, I think you really nailed it, that no one's going to want to trade with them anymore. Like, it's going to take care of itself because who wants to trade with the team that just traded away two injured guys? You know, and I also think that these guys passed a physical for the team that acquired them. Like, I'm glad you brought that up you, because that was what I was going to answer to Darren. You can go after the Padres for trading you an injured guy, but you should have caught the injury. I mean, mm-hmm. it only took three injuries to exacerbate it. How did you miss that? So hopefully what comes out of this is teams do a, a little more thorough physicals. Yeah, I don't know how. I, I'm not, Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. But... <laughs> There's got to be some responsibility on the team. When you're buying a car, you look it over pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's a lemon law here in New York State. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, in, in other states, but we have that in New York. But you look over a car, and if you drive off the lot, man, it's a pretty good chance you now own the car with everything that's wrong with it. Now, mm-hmm. again, not being a doctor, I don't know how easy it is to hide an injury would seem like if your medical staff looked at the guy, some of that's on you, man. You looked him over. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Maybe, as you said in an earlier segment, Darren, that's gamesmanship, man. <laughs> I, look, you got to find that out. It was interesting when the Jonathan Lucroy deal fell through with the Indians and the Brewers, and the Indians' approach to the whole thing was to tell the Brewers – If he doesn't want to come here, it's your responsibility to get him to come here to waive that no-trade clause. Mm -hmm. The Brewers were like, well, you know, talk to him, see if he'll come, see if you can get him to waive it. Indians are like, it's not up to us. It's up to you, man. Mm -hmm. And kind of the same thing here with the injuries. Look, you should have investigated a little closer. Now, that's dishonest. We just talked about cheating and fraud in, in the previous segment, but... If you're actively hiding an injury, though, and you and it comes out that they were active, how can you not punish them? It's dirty. It's very I'm never dirty. gonna. I'm never gonna deal with them again. You know, so that's why I think the league doesn't need to get involved because it's going to police itself. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're a dirty player, eventually you build that reputation. Bills quarterback Tyrod Taylor and cornerback Stephon Gilmore are both in the last year of their contracts. An article in last week's Rochester Democrat and Chronicle posed the question, if the Bills could only sign one of them, who should it be? 
Truth or shenanigans, it should be Gilmore because we've only seen 14 games of Tyrod Taylor. Shenanigans. I truly believe they they found something special in Tyrod Taylor. And does anyone realize that the Bills haven't had a franchise quarterback really since Jim Kelly? It is very hard to find the guy under center. Very hard. They haven't been able to do it in years. You absolutely need to sign Tyrod Taylor over Gilmore and see what you got there at the very least. I mean, you can find another cornerback. Look at Ronald Darby. He stepped up out of nowhere and played, you know, not as well as Gilmore last year, but pretty darn good. Give him a few years in the league like Gilmore. I could see him playing like that. So, no, shenanigans, you keep the quarterback. I agree, or uh, I'm sorry, I call shenanigans for the same reason that Darren said, because I agree with Darren. There's a lot of depth at defensive back on this team. There is not a lot of depth at quarterback. So uh, keep the quarterback. He's the most important position on the field. Now, it looks like maybe they can get deals done with both these guys, but if you have to choose, you have to go with the quarterback. I'm not as convinced as you guys are because I think Gilmore is a pretty talented cornerback. very good. And if you get a guy that can change the dimension of a game, like, say, uh, a Revis does, uh, teams won't throw it that direction because the the defense is so good. If Gilmore can be that type of player, well, now you're really changing the, the game. And Tyrod Taylor said to say you've only seen 14 games, you've seen 14 games. You know, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a pretty good body of work at that point. Look, you've got to have some indication. Now, I agree you know, if all things are equal, I'm going to stick with the quarterback. But I'm not sure all things are equal. Uh, if after 14 games, you might have a pretty good idea. And if the Bills are thinking, you know, I'm not sure this is our guy, um, then I think you sign Gilmore. Another thing I was thinking about as I answered this question was that you can find cornerbacks in free agency also. We've just seen Josh Norman change teams. We've seen Darrell mm-hmm. Rivas change teams a bunch of times. There really aren't quarterbacks to be signed. Tyrod Taylor was the exception, but we really didn't know anything about him before he signed. So if you're looking at the ability to replace one of those two positions in free agency, it would be corner. I'm not even sure there's 30 good starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So you keep a guy that could potentially be it for you. You have to. You could have had a Nick Foles two weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good on that. I think, why? I like the upside yeah, of Taylor Fo- a lot more. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm taking Nick Foles over Taylor every day. Nick Foles does have a longer track record. While we're on the subject of mediocre <laughs> quarterbacks, that was a great segue, Benson. Mark Sanchez has been named co-starting quarterback in Denver. Is this and, college? And RG3 has been named the starter in Cleveland. To the shenanigans, Mark Sanchez will play in more games this year than RG3. Well, we you did this to us last week, and it was sort of a – who's going to play more games, and it's hard to say. You know, I can't predict if somebody's going to get hurt. Are you saying if all if, if as a starter, who's going to play more games or who's going to just play more games, sure, period? Sure, we can make it that. My The thinking behind this was Mark Sanchez is a candidate to get benched and RG3 is a candidate to sh- shred his knee. So, so all right. Both are let, pretty strong candidates. Then let's quantify that. that and say as a starter, who's going to play more games? Okay. Uh, Mark Sanchez will play more this year than RG3 shenanigans. Um, I, I'm not, sh- you know, I don't know what Denver's doing there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
if you have co-starting quarterbacks, then you really don't have one, right? <laughs> you not you don't have a lot of confidence in somebody, no. you know. Um, and I think RG three is going to get an opportunity in Cleveland to prove himself. And you know, I, I'm sort of hoping he can turn that around. Um, so I say shenanigans. I think RG three will play more. I say shenanigans as well. I mean, I, I loved what RG three did his rookie year. But then he, I mean, he really ran into some major problems. I don't think the coaches even wanted him in Washington. Yes, he got hurt. But, I mean, is getting hurt ever your fault? You were trying to play a game and win a very rough game where injuries are almost certain. So I don't blame the injuries on him. You can label him injury prone all you want, but I do know he is talented, and I think he will have a pretty decent season in Cleveland this year. I thought this would be a divisive question, but we're actually unanimously agreeing that it's going to be RG3. Um I think the Broncos have shown over the last couple of years that if they have a hotshot prospect quarterback, they will put him in the lineup if they feel he's ready. They did it to Peyton Manning just this past season, and they happen to have their prospect quarterback waiting in the wings. As soon as he's ready, he's going to play. Mark Sanchez is not a roadblock to anybody. And RG3, I just, I really feel like he's better than what we've seen. And I think with a... a Albeit in Cleveland, a fresh chance. I think he'll play pretty well. Yeah, I do too. I I have nothing really to base that on other than a hunch. I don't think it was a fluke. The career he had at Baylor, I don't think it was a fluke. His uh, early year in in Washington, when he got hurt, maybe he got gun shy. I, you know, you can make that case. But happened to Trent Edwards. It, you know, I'm not sure he got after that point. Well. They did play him, so to say he didn't get a fair shake, but I don't think he ever really had the staff's confidence. No. That was a big thing for me is are you really going to put it all on the line at 100% effort for a coaching staff that you know doesn't want you? Yeah, you know? it makes a big difference. If if the team around you, if the staff that's playing you, if they're confident in what you're doing, um, that helps you play with more urgency. Well, maybe not urgency is not the right word, but with more confidence with, you know, you're going to play better. If you're thinking you're going to get second guessed at every opportunity, um, you're it's hard to succeed in that type of, of mm-hmm. you know, atmosphere, that type of environment. So I'm hoping that in Cleveland you'll see a much different Robert Griffin III. Alex Rodriguez is now officially a special advisor and no longer an active New York Yankees player, but he is not retired and can leave his advisory position at any time if another team offers him a contract. So truth or shenanigans, A-Rod will play Major League Baseball again. What do you think, Zach? I think there's no way. Like we, like I said earlier, the Yankees don't even think that he could hit enough home runs to reach the milestone and make it worth keeping him around. I don't see any team that has a need for a guy who's batting 200 and also can't play the field. So unless it's maybe Miami because, you know, it's Miami and they'll do anything to sell tickets, but I just don't see a team that's willing to take that on. I I think if I thought Miami was completely out of the race, then it would make sense, and I'd say yeah. Um, I could see Tampa Bay as a team. You know, you're a Florida team, you're mm-hmm. back home. Uh, I could see that as a possibility. Boy, that's tough because I think if anybody, the way the Yankees have treated him, mm-hmm. and I'm not so sure that the Yankees think he couldn't do it. I don't think he has much left in the tank, as I said at the top of the show. I, I think for A-Rod, it's 
it's pretty well over. But do I think he couldn't hit four home runs if he got an opportunity? I think he could hit four home runs, and I think the Yankees think that too, and that's part of the reason he hasn't played. Mm-hmm. Part of it is hitting 200. You know, so mm-hmm. he, like I said earlier, he made it easy on him. I, I think he might, you know, but I, I think if he had an opportunity to go elsewhere and maybe get those four home runs, and I could see a team like Tampa Bay giving him an opportunity to play, sell some tickets in Florida. Uh, so I'm going to say, well, I forget how now I've been rambling. I forget how you worded the question. You worded it, A-Rod will play again, and I'm going to agree. I think he will. I think I think you may see him with the race. I'm going to agree with Benson here. I think A-Rod will play again, like Benson said again, with a Florida team, probably Tampa Bay, maybe even the Marlins next season. Uh, it's just the seven 700 is a big number. He's got one more year where I, he could play. I don't think next season comes into play for him. He might, man. I could I could see it happening. I mean, he's got the whole off season. He could invite teams to watch him work out or whatever, pull a Tebow. People see, hey, A-Rod's rejuvenated. Maybe he could get another yeah. shot. Listen, but. you're going on vacation. You're asking me to carry your luggage to the end of the driveway. That's a short trip. I don't. Now, you ask me to carry it all the way to California. That's a longer trip. <laughs> I'm not taking A-Rod for 162 games. I'll take him for September, though, especially if I've got a bunch of call-ups. I'll take him for September. That's how it could happen. you got 40 roster spots to use in September. Maybe the Marlins bring him on board and say, when we go to American League Parks, you're our DH. You know, you got... Do they have any games. American League games? That I don't know. But, you know, you got X amount of games to try to get four home runs. Have at it. And I hope, I hope he goes to the Marlins because then he and Bonds are on the same team. <laughs> Let's hope this. At that point, forget, they should just bring in Clemens to be the pitching coach and troll everybody. Yes, forget A-Rod playing for them. I want to see A-Rod manage them with Bonds as their hitting coach. <laughs> Maybe get A-Rod's cousin to be the trainer. And like you said, Clemens to be the pitching. That'd this be the is, greatest show this, on earth. This is going downhill pretty quick. <laughs> Zach, you have one more question for us. It's an easy one. Truth or shenanigans, you have watched at least one hour of the Olympics this week. Truth. Yeah, man. Yeah. You haven't? The way, Sh- I the, have not. See, I, I on, thought man. that, but because you were asking the question the way you asked it, I thought. I'm all you, in. Yeah, The Olympics happen once every, well, every two years. You know, Summer's better than winter. No way. Yes, what are you what do you like what in do you the winter like, sport? Wh- hockey? Oh, I don't like the hockey. Skiing? We've been over this. Who cares about skiing? You see those guys do the ski jumping? That's cool. The figure skating? Uh, yeah, the figure, winter. Wait, wait, time, let's move. Oh, this should, this, 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 here. this but, question has Did you totally just say changed. figure skating? <laughs> yeah. You That's what are you going to tell me you like the gymnastics? No, actually I don't. Oh, baloney. Women's volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> we were all thinking it. And honestly, that's the only one I've seen. I walked into the break room at work and that was on. You know so what? I, I was watching watch men's six-on-six volleyball the other day. That is some impressive stuff, man. Like, that's impressive. Depending on how you look at it, you get Olympics every two years. When it comes along, I'm really – I enjoy them. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I not, like I'm, the pres- – I don't like the coverage. Like, for instance, God, especially with, with where there's a time delay – have you seen any Americans lose? No. No. They don't show that. <laughs> no, that's true. They only show the winners, which, okay, fly the flag. But 
I don't like the backstories. You know, mm-hmm. this person grew up here, oh, I love and that. you know, oh, they had one leg, and then all of a sudden they grew another one and became an <laughs> Olympic champion. I hate these backstories. I just want to see the competition. If that was an actual story, I'd watch so much. <laughs> so much so that the other day, I was watching archery. Yeah, it's impressive. Archery. Man. I can't do any of that stuff. It's awesome. See, this is why I don't watch. Because, like you said, the coverage is terrible and the sports are terrible. Archery or how about how about the two guys that dive off the diving boards and at the same time and do the same moves? How yeah, boring that, is that? No, like, that's awesome. Half of the summer sports are unwatchable. How are you hating on that? I want to see you jump off a diving board that high. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> In a speedo, no less. <laughs> this is this has gone way down. Is that it? Is that wrap up shenanigans? That for is us? it. We're going to take one more break. Come back, and we'll have Darren's unreasonable rants. Our pest of the week. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, and they have been for the two-plus years the show's been on the air. But that is nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of ridding your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests. And I'm not just here reading a commercial script for them. I am a happy and satisfied customer. They have taken care of a mouse, bee, ant, and even fly problem for me. Yes, my house is old and falling apart, and I get all sorts of critters, but unlike swimmers not named Michael Phelps, they have an answer to beat their competition and rid your home of pest problems. They are a gold medal caliber company. Was that lame? Yes, I admit it. And I kind of hate myself for saying it, but I don't hate myself for calling town and country pest solutions. They really are the best, and they guarantee their work. Did I mention they're the best? So save yourself more of a headache and money and call them first. Don't waste your time on other companies. Town and Country will do it right the first time every time. So give them a call today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time because someone decided that three is the magic number, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. The Olympics are here, and what a disaster they have been. Why the Olympic Committee keeps giving these broke, run-down countries the games, I'll never understand. Bullets and or rocks hitting the media bus. Indoor plumbing, not working. A virus that can kill you, water that's unsafe to swim in. Pools turning green, and everybody and their brother getting robbed. Even a judo champion got his face disfigured and cell phone stolen while celebrating his bronze medal. Sidebar clearly is not very good at judo if some random, probably shoeless or straw sandal-wearing Brazilian could take his cell phone. And how do you know this guy wasn't a American? He was celebrating third place. Who does that? Here in the good old US of A, we celebrate actually winning. Look no further than the gold medal counter, Michael Phelps' neck. That guy has enough gold to bling out Lil Wayne's teeth for decades. All he does is win. And it's been rumored that after every gold, he enjoys a delicious turf and turf. That's a 16-ounce T-bone in a 24-ounce porterhouse. He washes it down with several big gulps and then shouts, America, 1776, because that's when we started celebrating dominating victories and we haven't stopped since. So world, you can keep trying to beat us because it's cute and entertaining, but just know it's not going to happen, and some punk in Brazil will probably steal your participation medal anyways. <laughs> it's hard to argue 
with that rant after all the news reports that are coming out of Rio. Did you guys hear about the kayak that capsized on a couch? <laughs> what? There, apparently there was a couch right. just under the water in the kayaking lane, and during an <laughs> Olympic kayak race, a guy hits a couch and capsizes. So not only does he not win, he probably has Zika now, too. I read that report, and they're actually investigating whether or not he hit it. But that's the, the the idea that they're not even sure this may have happened. Well, we're not sure. Maybe he did hit something in the polluted <laughs> water. If if that's even a possibility, that's crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, right? he may or may not have hit a sofa. What? Do you remember, what else is in there? Do you remember how before the Olympics you're like, oh, we always hear about how bad it is, and then we hear nothing after the games start. That's all I've heard about how bad it is in Rio. This is terrible. Yeah, I've been into the games. I've been watching so a lot I. of the games. So. You know, I haven't heard as much, and even the thing about the you brought it up in your rant, which, by the way, that was one of your best rants. That was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. I thought I nailed that. But when the water turned green, those <laughs> things happen, you know. And I know that they should be quick to respond. Listen, they canceled an NFL preseason football game because of the paint. That's true. Things <laughs> just happen. Yeah, but this it, is one on top of another on top of another. I, I get it. I get it. And I and I had said that. Once you you hear all this stuff leading up to it, and once the games get going, they'll probably just roll on, and and people will be in the, into the events themselves. Mm-hmm. But you you mentioned something in the mm-hmm. rant. Why do they keep putting these Olympics in these places? Yes. Brazil had us a lot of things to worry about. They don't need to be worrying about hosting an Olympics. The money that went into this that could have gone elsewhere. There was a mm-hmm. picture I saw of the opening ceremonies that was just telling and it was it's gone around uh, Twitter a lot there was some some look like young kids and they're watching the fireworks above the stadium but they're watching it from some polluted you know underpass or overpass or something yeah. and you just I saw that. they're seeing it you saw it they're they're often the, the thing is the event is often the into the foreground or the background while they're in the foreground a, a ways away mm-hmm. the, the picture what it what it said was these guys can't afford to go to these games these games are not benefiting them mm-hmm. uh, i don't know why they keep bringing it to these places there's very few people i've always said and I know it's nationalist, and I know, but listen, it's America. I believe put them in America. That's it. Or nobody maybe cares. Even Britain. Some like there's maybe three countries in the entire there's world a few, that can handle it. But nobody can do it as well as the United States. And I know people are going to no, no, that's not true. It is true. But the, the best security, yeah, you know, the, the the most financially able and the most interested. And we pay our police force, <laughs> which Rio does well, not. And you know, the worst thing that I've seen all week was an article that showed all the old Olympic venues that are just beaten down and run down. They were millions of dollars to build this for the games and then never used again. Hold it in like one of three places every single year. The three same places have the stuff built for it and maintained and used, you know, every four years at least or whatever. It's just... It's terrible. I, I, the, the the stuff that goes on that you don't see during the games, all the others, it's just awful to watch. Well, the pictures of the rundown former places that they've had the Olympics are, you know, both disturbing and great at the same time. Yeah. It's a really kind of cool kinda pictures. Cool looking, yeah. In fact, my daughter and I were talking. We went to Marineland in Niagara Falls uh, last week, and we've been talking about going for quite a while, and let's go. And I'm expecting... Sea World, I'm um, expecting, you know, not Disney, but close. 
oh man, this place was sketchy. You know, <laughs> it's like if SeaWorld were done by Canada, this is what you get. <laughs> Subtle shot of Canada. Well, right there. And, and as we're talking about it, we're walking through the park and we're like, you know, the heyday of this place had to be 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, it, she had made the comment that this is almost along the lines of those abandoned photographs you see of, mm-hmm. of, of, of former Olympic places or former amusement parks. And just then we come up on this ride. The sign says closed. There is growth all over <laughs> it. There's a tree coming up through it. It had obviously been closed for more than a year. Anyway, title sponsor of the Beyond the Game program is Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownAndCountrySolutions.com, fearing nothing. But God, my pest of the week is New York managers, New York Yankees manager, I should say, Joe Girardi. Girardi, who's been known to make questionable decisions from time to time when it comes to handling the lineup, has done an embarrassingly poor job in handling the Alex Rodriguez exit. After saying that he would allow Alex to decide how much he wanted to play in Boston leading up to his final game last night at the stadium, he backpedaled and only gave A-Rod a pinch hit at bat before starting him in the finale of the three-game series at Fenway. Girardi then got frustrated with the media who were looking for a reason for the change of heart. The Yankee skipper snapped at the press and played the I'm only human, I just misspoke card. Here's the deal. In a lost season for the Yankees, you said one thing, and then you did another. Whether by your choice or due to a nudge from upstairs, which as we all know is very possible, you did not do what you said you were going to do. If you didn't want to deal with the questions, and rather than waiting, go to Alex and explain to him that there's a change of plans, and then tell the media what you're doing. Look, I had a change of heart. But no, you waited until they came to you. Do you really think this wouldn't be a story? Then head it off. Girardi said, my description does not entail farewell tours. Well, you did a pretty nice job handling the Derek Jeter farewell tour. And when Jeter and Andy Pettit visited the mound to pull Mariano Rivera in his final appearance, that seemed like a fairly orchestrated farewell moment. And after saying, I'm only trying to win games, you finally bat A-Rod cleanup against Boston <laughs> in the final of the three-game series? A 200-hitter with 12 home runs and less than 30 RBIs? Cleanup? Yeah, you're trying to win games. New York Yankees manager Joe Girardi is my pest of the week. My pest of the week are red light cameras. I got like my fifth one this past week, and they're really starting to make me angry. I'm coming mostly to a stop. These cameras are stupid. It's all about money. I get it. It's my fault. I should just stop all the way at the red light camera. But it's easier to blame someone else than look in the mirror and blame myself. So, red light cameras, they're my pest of the week. My pest of the week is Demir Rispianov, a hockey player, quote unquote, in Shocker, the KHL. That's a hockey player. I use quotes because the only thing he does is fight, and on Monday he literally fought every player on the ice <laughs> against Kunlun Red Star, China's first KHL team until they forfeited the game, the first in their history, against Rispianov's team because he injured one Red Star player with a cheap shot and then skated around punching every other opposing (laughs) player on the ice, shaking off referees, teammates, and opponents, and continuing to assault opposing players until Kunlun Red Star forfeited the game only three minutes in. So they won the game then. This is a genius move. Was Paul Newman somewhere on the ice? (laughs) Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country Solutions.com. 
Give them a call, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson and the guys sent you. For those guys, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back again together next week right here at the same time. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.